Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Science from Wired. Extreme heat in the oceans is out of control. More than half of the sea now logs temperatures once considered extreme, threatening countless species, livelihoods, and the air we breathe. By Matt Simon. Without the ocean, climate change on land would be even more catastrophic. The seas have absorbed more than 90% of the excess heat from greenhouse gas emissions, essentially saving humanity from itself. But it's taking a toll. The ocean, too, is rapidly warming, and just as we have heat waves on land, parts of the ocean can experience temperature spikes, too. New research exposes just how bad the problem has gotten. Researchers from the Monterey Bay Aquarium began their calculation by analyzing surface temperature data from 1870 to 1919, sampled from across the globe. Yes, ships have been taking the ocean's temperature for 150 years, Once they knew the historical high temperatures for each month in different parts of the ocean, they had a baseline for marine temperature extremes before the escalation of climate change. In the 19th century, only 2% of the ocean's surface experienced such extremes. Then they compared this data to readings in the same places taken from 1920 to 2019. The results show that by the year 2014, half of the ocean surface was logging temperatures once considered extreme, exceeding those historical highs. By 2019, that figure was 57%. In 150 years, the occurrence of extreme heat had become the new normal. These spikes are different from the overall rise in water temperature, which is also caused by global warming. For one thing, a particular region can come back down off of a high when winter arrives, and the location of the spikes can vary over time, meaning some places are affected earlier than others. So while half the ocean's surface was locking temperature extremes by 2014, The South Atlantic had actually crossed that threshold back in 1998. And that is ludicrous, says ecologist Kyle Van Houten, president and CEO of the Loggerhead Marine Life Center, who co-authored the paper in the journal Plus Climate, describing the findings. Van Houten did the research in his previous role as the chief scientist at the aquarium, with marine biologist Kisei Tanaka, now at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. There are some major changes going on right now in the ocean, and we think that this calculation, this index of marine heat that we built, is helping to describe why, he continues. I think extreme marine heat is much more of a problem than we thought it was. It's actually common today, which is scary, because historically, it was just extreme. 
it was rare. The trends we're seeing are consistent with results from a lot of other papers that conclude that marine heat waves are becoming more frequent, they're warmer, and they're lasting longer, says Bridget Seegers, an oceanographer at NASA who wasn't involved in the work. She was, though, among the researchers who recently reported that 2021 was the sixth hottest year ever recorded. In the 1980s, the extreme heat was mostly around Antarctica, but by the 2010s, it had spread all over the world, particularly around the equator. Now that's really concerning, says Van Houten, because obviously that's the distribution of corals. Coral reefs in the past decade have had dramatic and widespread bleaching events. This happens when warming waters stress the corals, causing them to release the photosynthetic algae that help them produce energy. Without energy, the corals die, contributing to the collapse of the reef ecosystem. The areas that tallied the most months of extreme marine heat are the Maldives in the Indian Ocean, Tanzania on the east coast of Africa, and Micronesia in the Pacific. All of them are along the equator. There is a glaring exception to the overall heating trend. The Pacific Ocean off South America resists extreme heat because of the upwelling of cold, deep waters. But Van Houten cautions, this shouldn't be read as an indicator that this area is unaffected by climate change. This is not a map of warming. Everywhere is warming, he says. This is a map of the occurrence of extreme heat. And so those large blue areas may be warming, and in fact are warming, but they are areas that historically have had a lot of variability in those systems. Different places actually kind of take turns increasing rapidly, agrees Daniel Rudnick, a physical oceanographer at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography who wasn't involved in the new research. For example, Rudnick studies the North Pacific, where he saw a major increase in heat in 2014. I think that's going to be the story in general, that different regions will kind of take their turns. There is a general trend for the whole Earth to warm, but how it will be happening in any region will be different. Ocean depth plays a big role in how regions are affected. While the depth of the middle of the Pacific Ocean allows cooler waters to upwell, the shallower areas around tropical islands get no such relief. Island nations are an additional risk because water gets bigger when it gets hotter, a phenomenon known as thermal expansion. The same mass of water takes up more volume, and so there you go. Sea level rise, says Rudnick. In fact, roughly half of human-caused sea level rise is from runoff from melting glaciers, and the other half is from warmer waters just taking up more space. But more locally, almost all of the regional variability in sea level rise is due to thermal expansion, Rudnick says. The hotter the coastal water, the more the sea rises. This can happen quickly with extreme heat events, whereas sea level rise from ice melt happens at a, well, more glacial pace. The ecological consequences of rising heat, both in terms of overall warming and spikes from extreme heat, are both obvious and subtle. Species with the ability to flee, like fish, are moving toward the poles. Like lobster, for example, we're seeing more dramatic changes in the geographic distribution of that fishery off the northeast U.S., says Van Houten. There used to be a fishery in New York and New Jersey, and that is essentially non-existent. And now Maine is thriving, but in 10 years, Maine will be on the backside, and it may just be a Canadian fishery moving forward. Similarly, subsistence fishers in the tropics may lose their livelihoods as entire fish populations move away. But species that are fixed in place, like sponges and corals, can't leg it or fin it to cooler areas. The fixed ones are likely going to be seeing absolute thresholds of heat that they can't coexist with, and you're going to see a decline of those, says Van Houten. Extreme heat poses an additional danger, even for species that are already in the process of gradually migrating to cooler areas. 
When you have these abrupt events like marine heat waves, they don't give any time for adaptation, says Seekers, so they can result in really high mortality. This happens across ecosystems, from coral reefs to kelp forests, and they can cause seabirds to die. It can take the system years to recover, Seegers adds, because if you have a lot of mortality, it's not going to necessarily go right back to normal. Further complicating matters, those heat extremes often coincide with low winds. The wind plays an important role in the ocean food chain because it mixes the water, bringing up nutrients from the depths. Tiny photosynthetic organisms called phytoplankton rely on these nutrients just the way the plants in your garden rely on fertilizer. These phytoplankton feed animal species called zooplankton, which feed fish, which feed marine mammals and seabirds. Losing the phytoplankton to extreme heat then assaults the base of the food web. And crucially, phytoplankton produce most of the oxygen in our atmosphere. The reality is that we have two lungs on the planet. One of them's green, the forests, and the other one's blue, the ocean. The ocean supplies more than half of the oxygen that we breathe, says Van Houten. It's no understatement to say that the ocean is the beating heart of our climate system, and the ocean is absolutely critical for sustaining human life on this planet. The only way to keep that life support system online is by massively cutting greenhouse gas emissions and fast. The oceans can't take much more of this heat. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.